it's me again. I'm, I'm still here. Don't you love how we do that? It's still me. I'm still here. Um, so what is Wednesday? Yes, it is. It is both Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday. Is that not exciting? And you don't even have to choose. You can do both. You can love and engage in Ash Wednesday as well. As Did they not do a great job on the video? I mean, just the enthusiasm there. We do have two services, at, one at noon in the sanctuary for Ash Wednesday, and then our second one is in this room. We have our free meal that starts at 5.30, and then at 6.30, we will have an Ash Wednesday service in this location. Encourage you to come. And it is the kickoff, the beginning of Lent. Lent is a season. It's a season of preparation, a season of reflection, repentance, prayer, reading scripture, fasting. It's an intentional way that we direct ourselves to the cross in the empty tomb that we celebrate on Easter Sunday, our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I wanted to make sure that you know we have some tools available for you all. You've heard us talk oftentimes about the Bible reading plan, and we started this, uh, pro this plan, this process, gosh, two and a half years ago. And it, we have a Bible reading plan that coincides with each series. Next week, we start our Lent series called Friends in Low Places. Yes. You are some of my people who are giggling. I'm wondering if Garth is going to be singing or something. But it's called Friends in Low Places, Jesus According to Luke. And the Bible reading plan will take us through the book of Luke through Lent. If you're like, wow, I don't know. I've never read a book of the Bible. It is very doable. It's in small bites. And I encourage you, you can either pick one of these up as you leave or you can go online to concordunata.org slash Bible. It also has information about our daily devotionals and podcasts that go along with our daily reading plan. Also, we have this prayer guide. So there's reading scripture. There's also um, some practices that you can get, engage in during reading scripture, prayer. This booklet provides opportunities, prayers, suggestions, instruction um, about prayer. These are available as you exit. They are also available at concordunited.org slash pray. And in this book, it talks about the spiritual discipline, the spiritual practice of fasting. Now, there are those of us that in Lent, we give something up. Has anyone ever given anything up, given anything up for Lent? It's okay if you haven't. I like that. You're not drawing attention to yourself. That's what Jesus says about fasting. But fasting is abstaining. It is a spiritual practice. It's not, it's not a diet. I know there's intermittent fasting, but that's something different. Fasting is a spiritual practice where we abstain from food or it could be from something else like screens or social media. And we focus on centering ourselves on God. And what we're encouraging our community of faith to do is to fast on Fridays in Lent. That would be this upcoming Friday would be the first one. We've got some instructions in here where we suggest that you consider one of three options in fasting and abstaining on Fridays in Lent. 
One is that you go from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. with abstaining. And what that would mean is that is actually the time that we believe that Jesus was on the cross. So we're reminding ourselves of that. We also, you could do from the time you wake up to 3 p.m. Or you could do from the time you wake up until the sun goes down until dinner time. If you feel led to do that. Consider over the next couple of days, prayerfully consider where God is leading you to pray, to be in scripture, to fast. And what we do is when we're fasting, if we're fasting from food and we, it's lunchtime, we're like, that means I'm just gonna, I'm gonna cram more stuff into my day. That's not the goal. The goal is that you use the time that you may be sitting at a table having a meal, that you use that time for prayer, for reading scripture, for reflection. So as we enter into this reflective season of preparation for our risen savior, Will you consider ways that you can be intentional and reflective with God? One class that I took in seminary, it's, it's weird when I start talking about classes and or favorite classes in seminary. They, I enjoyed all of them for the most part. There were a couple that were least, less enjoyable than others, like philosophy. That's just not one of my favorite things. There are those of you who love it, and that's great. But one of the classes that it came at such an important time in my journey personally and professionally, but it, it was just a really powerful class. I took it in January of 2020. Now think about that. Had no idea what was going to happen globally or in our lives as a family. But the, the class was Life of Prayer. It was a class focused on a life of prayer. I spent five days on campus at seminary. It was just a powerful time for me. And part of the experience was the class that I was in, the group, the people that were in it. And the professor divided us up into small groups and there was no scientific way to do it. He just said, get in groups of four to six. And then we got to choose what that looked like. And I ended up in a group, I'll be honest, I think there were five or six, five or six of us in there. And I didn't even remember what we were talking about that day. But I do remember what one of my classmates shared. He talked about that he walked around on campus looking behind himself. Behind. He was afraid. Was he being followed? Was, were people watching him? And the reason, because, the reason he did that was because he was from China. And he was a Christian. And he had spent his time in China as a pastor in China being suspect because of what his beliefs were. And so even in the United States, where we have freedom of religion, he was still in the practice of being very aware of who was around him. That piece of information that that gentleman shared shifted my understanding of my, of the world, my worldview a little bit. You see, that's what happens when we have conversations, spend time with folks that look different than us, who have different experiences, who talk different than us. Not everybody can have a great Western North Carolina accent, right? 
But there's such power in us spending time with those of us who are different. And how that and other experiences of being in classes with people who are from all over the world, because I'll be honest, my worldview is pretty limited. I haven't traveled all over the world. Maybe you have. Or maybe you're more like me, where our travel, our exposure is much more southeastern of the United States with some trips around the country. What is your worldview? How do you view others that look like, talk like, believe different? What is that for you? We have been focusing on loving others. And we've, I'm going to use the language, we've scaffolded this. By the way, huge shout out to Pastor Sabina for her, her insight, her vision following the Holy Spirit and saying, we need to do a series about loving others and then how she structured it. It's been very, very powerful. If you've been here for at least one Sunday and hopefully after this Sunday too, there, it's been, it, the series has been inconvenient and uncomfortable and convicting. When I really, when we really think about what it means to love others. What does it mean? And how we started with this loving ourselves because that's what Jesus says about the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. And we love out of that love that we have been given. And loving our family, those closest to us. Loving our neighbors, those nearest to us. Loving our church family. Loving our local community. We've been building the structure of loving others one piece at a time. Now we go global. I've been spending time reading about Paul, who is the author of multiple books in the New Testament. And it's been about his missionary journeys, about how he leaves, where he's from, what he knows. And he goes to share the good news of Jesus Christ to places all over. It is mind-blowing. And he did not have airplanes or cars to do it. He walked step by step and shared the good news beyond his comfort zone. And we are a result of people sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. John Wesley said about the world, he said this, I look upon the world as my parish. Thus far, I mean that in whatever part of it I am, it is my duty to declare unto all that are willing to hear the glad tidings of salvation. What Wesley was saying is it doesn't mean he's just going to stay in the place that it is comfortable where he's going to stay in a building and that's going to be it. He says that anywhere he goes, any group of people he comes in contact with, that he's going to share the good news of Jesus Christ. That's one of the things Wesley was known for, is he left the church building and he went, I love this, term, this, this quote of him. He said he went to be more vile. He went to preach to the people who weren't, dressed up enough, cleaned up enough to come into the church, according to people, some people. He went out and he loved others and he shared the good news of Jesus Christ. We are called to love others. In the book of 1 John, which the book of 1 John has 
I have to double check my statistics. I don't want to misquote. The book of 1 John uses the word love 46 times. It only has five chapters. In chapters 4, verse 7 through chapter 5, verse 3, 32 times the word love is used. Agape, unconditional, sacrificial love. I'm not going to read all of the verses from the first book of John, but I'm going to read some verses. And what I want you to do is I want you to be mindful of how the word love is used. What does it mean? Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they are in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they've seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother or sister. Love. Love is an inside deal. It's an inside job. It isn't something that we do externally. It is that God, the Holy Spirit, is at work in us. Uh, the language that's used, live in us. In us. Abide. Some translations use dwell or abide. It is within us. Have you ever known someone who had the Holy Spirit, who had the love of God that was just bowling out of them? just coming out of their pores. There was this lady that I knew and, and she just, I was like, what? Who? I want some of that. That was incredible. And she was just speaking out of not external, but internal of the depths of how she understood how much she needed God and how much he loved her. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is working in you, that he loves you so much that he was willing to go to the cross and die on our behalf for the salvation of all our sins? That we can't earn it, we're not good enough for it, no matter how many Bible verses you read or how much prayer you do, that's not it. It's first and foremost, this inside job of God at work in us. 
And God goes first. It says it in 1 John 4. It says it, that God goes first. God loves us first. It doesn't matter how many actions we've taken or not taken. God goes first. He loves us. This is the description or the analogy that comes to mind when I think about how God loves us first. Because this is counterintuitive. We live in a culture where we have to do things to get things. It's transactional. But that's not the way it is with God's love. He loves us first. And this is the analogy I have. When we got pregnant with our son, we didn't know what he looked like. We didn't know what his personality was going to be like. He wasn't doing anything for us. In fact, well, he was for me, but that's a whole nother story. We just loved him. We just loved him. We couldn't wait to meet him. Even without all of the details, we just loved him. And when he was born, he still didn't do anything. We did the work. And we just loved him. We loved him because he was ours. He was God's. And we got to be his parents. We still do. And it's just this love that isn't about what he's doing for us. It's just that we love him first before he even knew what it meant. That's God's love for us. Is we don't have to do anything. He just loves us because we are his. He goes first, but we go next. We go next because it's clear that in loving others, we love out of this that's going on inside of us, that God loves us, and then we go and we love others. We love others within our families, within our neighborhoods, within our local community, within this community of faith, and within the world, around the world. Like, that's just mind-blowing to me. I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. And yet what we do is we do it out of God's love. We love others. Those near and those far, out of the depths of God's love, it's his command. We can have all the knowledge that we've ever wanted, but not love. We have to love others. And when we've experienced the love of God, that's what we want to do. We want to share that. But I'm going to tell you that love has a price. Love has a price. The cross is evident of the price. A price that is beyond anything we could ever repay. It's the depths of our God's love. There, there are other things that is a price, that love pays a price. It's our fear. We have fears about loving others. We have fears about loving others that we know and loving others throughout the world. They don't look like us. They don't talk like us. They may not believe like us. They do things differently than us. And we have fear Fear stands, I've been taught, false evidence appearing real. 
We have fears. We have prejudices about others, of what it will look like. And those are either we've been taught those or either we've read, and, you know, social media. Just cause I, this may be the only thing you get today. Just because it's on social media does not mean it's true. Loving out of how deeply we're loved and not allowing fear and prejudice to, to keep us from living out God's command to love others. And you may be like, well, what, what is that? Look, how do I even start? And this is a great place to start. Love out of our similarities rather than our differences. We live in a culture that thrives on separating and dividing about why we shouldn't eat together, why we shouldn't serve together, why we shouldn't spend time together, both within uh, culture, within our own culture and beyond cultures. We divide ourselves up about why we're different, how we grew up what the traditions we were a part of previously. We go to our differences, but I'm telling you, it's amazing to go to our similarities. And our similarities begin with that God loves us, that God created each and every one of us. God created us, each and every one of us. And I think one of the powerful things about loving others is having conversations. Because when we have conversations, it removes barriers. All of a sudden, I'm like, well, your, your accent may be a little different than mine, but we're much more alike than we are different. When we think about loving others beyond our boundaries and our barriers, we look at those things that are similar. It's one of the things I love about community care and I, eating together. Do you know food is a leveling experience? We all eat. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your, your first language is or where you grew up. We all eat. And the table is a leveling experience. You think about how Jesus hung out with people who were different. How he met them at tables and at the tax collector's booth and at the well, the foreigner. Think about that. Think about the power in loving others through our similarities rather than our differences. Participating in international missions is a way that we go and we love others globally. We have been involved in a community in Guatemala for multiple years. We go to the same community and it's important. One of the things about international missions is when we go to different or, or to the same community, we develop relationships with that community. It's just not about us coming in and going, we're going to save you through everything we're going to do for you. No, it's about returning to the same community and developing those relationships. It's powerful. And that's what we do in Guatemala. I asked some folks who have participated in our trip, mission trip to Guatemala to share some of their experiences, the power in it. And what we hear time and time again when we love others is, is we may go in thinking of all that we're going to do and what we realize is we receive so much more by being loved by others than maybe we are even closely able to do. 
someone shared about a, a ritual of gift giving in Guatemala and how it is an act of hospitality, hospitality and gratitude and the exchange of gifts. And the person shared the significance of that it is loving, it is treating people the way you want to be treated. It is the golden rule that we see in scripture that we love the way we want to be loved. So where is it in your life? Where is it in each of our lives that we need to step out of our comfort zone, that we need to go love others out of the depths of how we're loved, of how God loves us first, and we go next? Have you gone next yet? It's time. May the Holy Spirit work in you to give you clarity and wisdom about how we can go love others in the depths of our similarities rather than our differences. Let us pray. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer, I thank you that you love us first. That we don't have to get all cleaned up and look a certain way. That you just meet us in us-ness. Thank you that you go first. Lord, move amongst us. Move amongst us and give us the direction of what it means to go love others beyond our boundaries and our barriers and our fears and our prejudices. Lord, we just want to follow you. We just want to follow you. Wherever it is you take us, we're going to stand in your love. Into your hands, may your will, not our will be done. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.